Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So today we have with us Rachel Pareda of Mastermind Business Services, and they specialize in sustainable, scalable operations for badass small businesses and nonprofits who are passionate about creating community and inspiring change. Hey, Rachel, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here, Mark. I am excited to talk with you and, you know, be a part of this experience with your audience. Ah, oh, thank you so, so much. Well, let's let's get straight into it then. Um, hey, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you'd love to work with? Yeah, operations is quite the vast depth of skills and you know, support. So I am multifaceted. I have an agency that supports scaling businesses and nonprofits with getting their processes and tech in place, which is a fancy way of saying, we help you set up your internal infrastructure so you can scale more sustainably. So I love to work in the niches of service-based businesses or nonprofits, and particularly those who are focused on changing their generational lineage, their community, the world, because my mission is to change the world through operations. Awesome. All that stuff that I guess a lot of people come to the business with, they don't know, maybe they don't know what they don't know. And it's, is it a minefield? Is it overwhelming? Do you, what do your clients come to you with to start with? Most of the time they come to me about their tech tools, like what their SaaS tool is giving them trouble or they want to see more automation or they're just, things are feeling very manual and they're feeling overwhelmed. Um, and so my framework is running them through, well, the tech is 99% of the time not the problem. It's the way you're using it. So it's either the process that you input into the tech, you didn't choose the right tool for your process, or you didn't train your people on how to maximize it. And so we walk them through that because so often, especially in the digital business space, tech tools are chosen from a place of, oh, my coach recommended this, or my friend uses this, or I saw an article online and not like, this is how my business does business. Let me find the tool that best supports that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so much noise out there with here's what you should do. Here's you, you try and find any system. You've got a gazillion to choose from and like, which, which one do I do? And we chatted with someone else you know, a while ago and they were saying that you know, they made some mistakes with the wrong technology, but some of it, they saw the red flags coming. Others are, I, I had to make this mistake. There's no other way of doing it. So there's something in what you just said there, which how can you help guide people? Not here's what you should do. It's, hey, what do you want? What are you trying to do? What can we do that best fits that? And I think that nuance is often lost. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, there's a, we have great relationships with our clients. I like to maintain contact friendships develop when you work so closely with someone on, I mean, your business is your baby, right? It's your child. You were entrusting your child in my care. So we get really close. And one of them told me in our catch up call this week that my superpower is I bring nuance to something that is traditionally not nuanced because mm-hmm. operations, you know, you approach it from a place of this is the way things should be done. And, you know, us operators have the analytical approach to most things, which is the second piece of what I do is people operations consulting. So helping people keep the human piece in their business and mm-hmm. be focused on how, you know, it's not just about your team, right? Like it's also about your clients. It's about you and nourishing the whole human. And so I think that nuance with the people centric approach is what, what you're picking up on like what our clients feel our differentiator is because I'm not giving you a prescription. I'm listening to you. We're addressing the root cause and not just the symptoms. Love that. All over that. Tell me tell me more about that. Tell me more about the human-centered approach because you're on the Unforget Yourself podcast. What we do here, it's all about the business owner. It's all about the person, the people behind everything, whether it's your clients, your employees, you yourself. So tell me more about that. Yeah, so... I have my core framework when I approach things is we're looking at your processes, your tech and your people. And in a perfect world, it would always be in that order. We would come in, we would have all the time in the world to sit down and measure out like processes and get them clear and documented and efficient and then build your tech tools and then hire and train your dream team. But, you know, 99.9% of the time you're already in business. Things are already on fire um, or underwater or chaos, or just there's so much business coming. You can't maintain it. Mm. And I think it gets easy in those moments. Like there's those key critical pressure point moments when you're growing a business, as I'm sure you've seen um, with your clients. It, it's it's a good time to pause and reflect before you take those big actions, even though you're coming from a place of, you know, always oh, needs to happen. This is a time, it's those critical moments where I find clients have the, I guess they need to, they need to really stop and think about it yeah. and make sure you're keeping the human approach first. Because it's very easy to, you know, let go of some of the human parts for profit or efficiency. Mm. Um, and I think I think we're seeing right now in our current climate and in the economy, the shift that the society is experiencing, kind of leaning away from profits over people. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that like my kids' generations, the next generation is coming up, like they're so leaning into the human first approach. And I think coming at business from that way is maybe not, like it's very buzzword, but it's also maybe not the most popular way of going about it. And so really keep like each decision you make, you center, you know, three people, yourself, your team, and your clients. And those decisions need to keep the best interests of all of those people in mind, yourself included. So like if your vision for your company is you want to sell it and sit my ties and come to quarterly board meetings, great. If your vision for your company is you are founder-led forever. I'd never want to stop doing the deliverables. Great. But let's make sure that those decisions align with that yeah. and that you are operating in your, you know, your higher purpose and ethically for everyone who you're touching. One thing you just touched on there, it's the those three aspects. So making a decision and make sure that everyone benefits. So I think there's so much noise right now. There's a lot of, again, noise, nuances. This might be the theme of the show. It's what's going on right now. And It's the buzzwords are, I want to put everyone else first. I just want to give value. No, you're also in business. You can't discount the fact that you want to make revenue. The more revenue you make, the more you can reinvest in yourself, in your family, in your business with your clients. The more you earn, the more you can do free stuff for people. So there is a, there has to be a balance between value and earning. 
and find the right way for you without hiding behind the buzzwords or you know, the hustle culture or the value culture or whatever it is. Um, and maybe it's kind of hard to sort of find your own way through this because, again, there's the nuance. What's, what's right for you may not be right for me, for our clients, yep. for the, what I want to achieve with, with life and, and business. So I think holding on to that one thing is one element that we teach with, with, with our clients and students that, okay, a decision, a decision. How can this decision benefit, maybe it has to benefit all three, Without hitting all three, the foundations are wonky. There's you, your clients, and your business. So those three aspects. If your decision benefits all three, well, then take all the boxes, away we go. If it doesn't benefit one of those, there's a question to ask. So it sounds like your methodology mm -hmm. is kind of similar to this. Yes, yeah, I think encouraging people to pause even in a season of busy, it can be very hard, but I think, I think you have to pause. I think you owe it to yourself to pause. It doesn't mean, you know, you stop business for a month. I just mean like, take a second to breathe, pull yourself out of, because you can't see the forest for the trees, right? Like if you're so deep in these, these day-to-day -day pieces, you, you have to pause as the leader of the company to be able to zoom out and see how mm -hmm. all of these day-to-day -day decisions are impacting, you know, your larger vision, you know, the, the work your clients are getting, right? Because that's, if you get too in the weeds, that's when you start having, you know, maybe client delivery problems or your family starts being like, Hey, you work 17 days a week. I never see you. You know, there's all those, all those little pieces, or you start getting team members who quit because they feel burnt out or like they're not getting enough attention or yeah. gratification or respect. Like you have to be able to zoom out. It's, it can be very hard to do. And I speak from experience, even as a founder, like it can be very hard to zoom all the way out, but you have to make those decisions from that more of a zoomed out place. Yeah. And it sounds like that's come through from making mistakes as well, because you learn a lot from oh, yeah. the mistakes and like, ah, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. Or I didn't think about all the other parts. I was too busy firefighting this one little bit. And of course, then it has an impact on, on other areas. So with, with your clients, what would you say is the, the quick win? What is the quick win that you can jump in for most people um, who maybe people can maybe apply today if, they, if they're listening and want to actually take action? What's the one thing that actually moves the needle and or maybe had a bit more stability? Yeah, um, it's very unsexy, but what are you doing each day? What is on your to-do list? And out of all of those things, what actually moves your business forward? Are you doing revenue generating activities? Are you doing things that encourage the growth of your business? It sounds really simple, but I think a lot of us fight it. And, you know, I, that's where I like to start with my clients. Like, okay, so what's on your to-do list? And what's been on your to-do list longer than three weeks? Because that's probably something you need to be doing, you don't want to be doing, or it's something you should have delegated. Like, so there's, you know, that piece of evaluating where your time's going. You can do that at any revenue stage. And it's, I mean, outside of investing your time resources and being honest with yourself, <laughs> it's free. Like you can sit down and do that on your own. And so I like to tell people to start there. Like if you're feeling like, I don't know, even know where to start, like look at what, how you're spending your time and what's on your to-do list and see how you're, you know, how you're actually in real time prioritizing your mm. resources as a founder. Cool. What would you say to people who would say, I haven't got time to do this? <laughs> so you probably use the internet and they have these cool features like toggle that you can just add on and all you have to do is hit start and it's going to track your time doing something. So you say, I'm going to be on meetings all day. So you hit start, just put meetings. 
you can start there. So then you know, oh, it's a four-hour block of meetings on Friday. That's probably why I didn't get anything done. Um, and just start small. Even like I have a desk calendar underneath my laptop, so I take notes there. It's like okay. Also, everything's in my Google Calendar. Like my whole life's in there. So oh. if it's on my calendar, I didn't do it. And also, if it's in my calendar, I know I did it. So you know, there's there's all sorts of different ways you can track it without, I guess, stepping out of the work. But mm. you have to. If you don't know where your time's going, you're you're wasting resources. Absolutely. And it's it's tough. Let's hold it. A time study is really, really tough. It's revealing. It's ah, it's guilt-inducing. It's overwhelming. It's there is so much that goes into it that we want to avoid. And then we can see how inefficient or how lack of focus. Focus is probably the biggest thing that any entrepreneur needs, but there are so many distractions. Oh my gosh, out there in the world or with worry. Worry is a distraction all these things. So yep. to be able to note this down, I'm going to hold my hands up and say, it's tough. I know that. We do it. We coach through this. I hated doing this. I still don't really like it, but I see the power of it. So for me personally, I think the, the thing that changed for me is when I, I live and die by my calendar. Absolutely. But going backwards is everything on the calendar, what I do, same as what you said with, with toggle or your, what you write down, I just jot in, what did I do? What did I do? So my calendar, I'm almost working forwards and backwards as I sort of fill it out. So um, that's where I can sort of track and then see, oh yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding doing this or I, I should be doing this when I, in fact, I was doing this. So it's, um, what's the biggest thing that you found when you were doing this? You were like, oh shit, oh, I can see it now. For me, um, I have a tendency to be like, oh, social media is marketing. I'm spending time marketing. But is flipping through Instagram recipes or watching funny TikToks really marketing my business? It's not. And so I realized that I'm horrible about taking breaks. And because of that, like I'll, I do this. I am <laughs> notorious and with my team and with friends. Like I will have days where I'll have like 10 meetings. Like I wake up, I'm in a meeting until I'm done working. And so when I'm done, like my brain is off. And so that coming into the next day, like if I haven't given myself time to like process, then it starts to bleed into the rest of my work. All of a sudden things are taking longer. I'm running behind on things. And mm -hmm. so my time study showed that one, I'm in too many meetings and two, I'm not giving myself breaks. I'm not, you know, I'm not making, acknowledging that I'm a human person who needs to like eat lunch and maybe disconnect and watch TikTok recipe videos for an hour, like budgeting. It's, it's kind of funny, but like I was so not giving myself the break was taking my attention away from the things that I actually needed to be doing because my brain was searching for that, that like relief, that reduction of pressure on all of the, the bandwidth that my brain was, because I mean, you know, when you're on a call, most of my calls involve a level of strategy. And mm -hmm. so when you, when your deliverable is your brain, like by the end of the day, your brain's pretty depleted. <laughs> yeah. So how tough is it? to be able to go through this because obviously there's an awful lot to that and um, to find yourself and to catch yourself in the act is ah oh, it's tough but it's revealing so what is it for you that you find that when you are going through those days when you don't give yourself a break when it does bleed out what is it like for you personally and for the people around you yeah so I I feel very disconnected. Like I miss things that I normally wouldn't miss. Mm. Um, by the end of the day, like my brain, I start to like short-term memory loss. Like, like what did I talk about? Who did I wait with today? Um, and 
so my family suffers so they don't have anything left in the tank to like help my kids with homework or make dinner or talk to my wife about her day so it's just like mm. everyone suffers from that depletion and so I've had to own that this is a huge <laughs> this is a huge struggle for me as a founder is better maintaining my time and giving myself breaks and so like I had my assistant like she goes through my calendar and like added in like lunch and then I added in like breakfast and move your body out of the house away from the computer time and like yeah. adding those things in and then I help I have asked her to help hold me accountable to it because I'm the first one to demolish that boundary and so you know which when we were looking over my schedule for the week and she's like, I see you have nine meetings on Tuesday. Why do you have nine meetings on Tuesday? And I'm like, well, they're all important. And we'll look at them like, are they all important? Can we move some around? Ooh, like that's I- right there. Let's, let's dive in there because, oh my gosh, aren't we amazing? All of us, everyone listening at home, come on. We're amazing at justifying our decisions, good and bad. We all find the excuses. We will be able to maybe even deflect and, and attack the person even us saying it. So what 100%. justifications do you find? And how does that spill into the home life? You know, with your wife, what does she say about the justifications that you have with maybe overworking or bringing work home or not quite being present because whilst you're not working, your mind's elsewhere. What does that look like? Yeah. So I, so I started my business right before the pandemic. And so I've been I guess it just kind of naturally melded into, it was a side business. I also had a nine to five. I started working remotely during the pandemic. So it was like, I felt like I was always working. So like in that initial stage, like you're trying to find clients, right? You're, you're trying to grow clients. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I'm in, I'm still in a growth stage, like finding clients, connecting with people, expanding the network. Like that's constant work of a yeah. founder. And I found that I had a lot of that like guilt or that like, oh, well, if you haven't talked to this many people today, like, what are you going to do? Everything's going to fall up like that, that kind of fear and guilt build up, And that yeah. will pull me away from being able to relax. And so it's been like, my wife is incredible. And so like, we have great conversations about this. She'll be like, I've noticed work. You stopped working like three hours ago and we're still talking about it. Like, is this one of those things? Like we need to have a brainstorming session. Do you just need to vent or like, can we let it go? Um, and it's, it's very helpful to have a partner who like understands as much as someone who's like, I sometimes I feel like there should be a support group for the spouse of founders because while it's crazy to be a founder, it's probably also pretty crazy to be the partner of a founder because you're, you're experiencing all of this. Like she's experiencing all of it with me, even though it's kind of a secondhand, it's still like, she's, she's seeing the like, you know, she's been there for the late nights. She's seen the 12 meeting days where I come off and I'm a zombie. Like she's, you know, those days where you're so busy, you're like, I don't even know if I could take on another client. And then the days where you're like, if I don't get another client, I don't know how I'm going to make payroll. Like there's those, all of those odds and ends that come with founder life. What's, what's her role? What, what does she do? Cause I, I want to tap on that because it's, I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a founder, it can be, it can be so lonely. We can be surrounded by other people. However, they may support, but they may not completely understand what what does she do? What's what's the difference with with yourselves personally? Yeah, so she works in retail. Um, she is just loves it. I always tease her that she's gonna be one of the crazy people who actually likes retail, but she does. She that's how we met. We were both working in retail, and she, I think she also understands me really deeply. And so while she doesn't always understand all of the business decisions that go into it, she's always a good sounding board because she'll pull me back to. Are you making, as we talked about earlier, are you making a decision that hurts you? 
because you know it can be when you care so much about the people around you it can be sometimes justifiable and easy to make a decision that takes money out of your pocket but pays your team better or gives your client a discount because you're like i want to help them but really you need that money because you're growing the business and you have to sustain your family like so like just like as I guess money is an example, but like she's really good at, at holding that mirror up for me and mm-hmm. it being a safe place to just run through all of my crazy ideas as a visionary. I think it sounds like you've got the right kind of approach. It's you have to approach it with bluntness, have to approach it with humor as well. That's the core value of forget yourself. We have to, we have to deliver things with humor. We have to approach with humor because it's tough. It can be so hard again bringing your work home. It's like, are you are you still talking about this? Do you what do you need? What do you need <laughs> to get this out of your system? It's it's so easy to I think lose our rag or or not have that empathy, but also a beautiful principle. What role are we playing in this? So what role are you playing in dragging that evening down because your inability to switch off? So this is the emotional roller coaster of an entrepreneur. It's it's tough. Mm-hmm. And I know you're you're going through a new transition. So you're again trying to find, okay, it, maybe less transition, more evolution. As you find, I know my purpose, I know what I'm doing. It's just that nuance again of finding exactly how to deliver where maybe where you should best spend your time. So for you, is what's the where are you with your your next evolution? Is it exactly the speciality that you deliver? Or is it your role going from the, you know, kind of the solopreneur entrepreneur into more CEO and actually actually letting go of some of the work? Where's where's your focus and where's your biggest um challenge, whether you're facing it or avoiding it? Good questions. Last year my focus was on elevating out of, I guess, solopreneur mindset. Like I had in the summer of 2021, I decided to transition out of being a solopreneur and I brought on contractors to help support, like to grow a team. So I started a digital agency. Um, And as we found, we really found our stride last year. And, you know, I found a way, I guess, to pull myself out of needing to be in every tiny little detail, which is, you know, that's founder death. (laughs) Like if you can't get out of that, you're going to, it's going to always be a struggle. So this next, like, I think evolution for me is finding like what I want my work to look like. What do I, what do I, want to be doing because you know I've got so much energy and vision that stretches beyond just what my agency does and I came to that realization at the end of last year that I don't need to make my one agency hold all of what I do as a person or who I am I can have like complimentary consulting business I can you know go out and volunteer for something that has nothing to do with business like there's other ways that I can contain that. And I think letting go of making my one business hold everything I've ever wanted to do ever was Mm. a really big turning point for me mentally. So what are your options? Sounds like you're, you're still exploring and finding it. Well, let's just brainstorm here. Let's be specific. What are the options, whether they're outlandish or it's like, no, this is, this is next or it's actually happening. Yeah, so I have worked as like a fractional director of operations, chief operating officer for founders for the last several years, um, on and off as I built the agency. And I always thought, right, I'm operations, like this makes sense. This is what I'll do. Um, but through that work and then talking to them as I've been reevaluating, like I've been talking to previous clients, 
all of them have named that the place I made the deepest impact for them was in their people side. Like mm. the, you know, my hire, the way I hire, the way I develop performance management, the way I help them strategize like their next few chess moves in business. Like those, those pieces were where I brought the biggest impact. Like, yeah. sure. It was great that I know how to write an SOP. Sure. It's great that I can set up a project management tool, but like the bigger difference came from that. And also that's where my passion lies. And I've just kind of been, I think, nothing, I know I've been like really reluctant to fully step into it, like to own it and to say it, it feels, you know, it's scary to like put that, to finally like put that on, like, you know, I'm putting this suit of people operations on, and this is what I love doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell people that this specific thing is what I do and not wait for them to find it out after we're working together. That's been, that's that's been a little daunting. That's beautiful. I mean, let's hold, let's, let's, let's try and kill a few demons right now because, oh my gosh, what you're saying there, it's, it opened up that once you found, you know, first of all, asking your clients, where did I make the biggest impact? If you haven't already done it, ask those questions to your clients. You, your answers you get may be, may be surprising. And as mm-hmm. you said, maybe you were surprised, maybe you weren't. Maybe they were all the same. It's like, okay, there is a theme happening here, people. What <laughs> breadcrumbs am I now following? What is God, source, the universe, whatever you believe in? What what messages are you getting? Um, and you say, when, once you, yeah, the passion, the passion is where you make the biggest impact. That is not yep. by coincidence. It cannot be. So what is holding you back from being all out saying, fuck yes, this is who I am. This is what I love to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I like this. We'll just, we'll get really raw today. So I had, I mean, I'm going to give you a little backstory to get there, but stay with me. Okay. So I had my first daughter when I was 18. Um, so I was just graduating high school and she was born the fall after high school graduation. So not exactly optimal time to be a parent. It was very rocky. Like the transition, like it didn't go well with my family. Um, my ex-husband, like it wasn't a great relationship. I had my second daughter at 20. So I was trying to chip away at getting the, the college degree that I'd fought so hard for. Like I was that person, like by the time I was 11, I had my everything mapped out until I was 40. Like I knew all of my next moves. I had my college picked out. Like I knew what I was going to do. And of course the universe was like, mm, no, none of that's happening. And I had my kids, but you know, it's hard when you are a teen parent, like to make ends meet, much less pay for college. Like, so I chipped away little by little at my college degree, but I haven't been able to finish it. And I'm at a point now where I, I don't know if I'm going to, because it's now it's more of like a, to quell that insecurity that I have about, you know, I, I spent my twenties, like raising a family and working and not in college. Um, and so that insecurity of, do I know what I'm talking about? Am I good enough? Like that comes up and has been a deep, like a deep struggle and fear of mine. And, you know, I've been talking about it with clients and friends and team and colleagues for a while now. And they're all like shaking by the shoulders, just like go for it. So that's why that's where I'm, I'm leaning into. Like I've, I've been in people leadership since 2007. I'm, I'm very experienced. I know what I'm talking about. I might not have learned it in school, but it's because I learned it by doing it. And, you know, that's been part of what's helped me back or most of what's helped me back, honestly. <laughs> I, I love your raw honesty. Thank you for sharing. Um, and I love your point about, you, know, you, you want to go back. You want to get a qualification. You want to get a bit of fucking paper that says, okay, here, here I am. Um, I've said this a couple of times, I think recently as well. 
um, on the podcast. Um, one of the best switches in perception that I've seen with, with some of our clients is when you're able to, rather than shrink and maybe be reactive or whether it's guilt, doubt, anger on someone questioning your authority or even you question it yourself, to switch that, that question, that framing in your mind of, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you why I'm good at this. Let me tell you why I'm qualified. So you haven't got a bit of paper. Wah, wah. You have the experience. <laughs> you have the clients. Fucking amazing at what you do. And sometimes, isn't it crazy that that's not good enough? Yeah. So it's... With this... I was, Back to the, your point earlier, are those those three points? You need to make sure the decisions of all areas. With this, you've got to make sure logically. I think logically you get it, right? Logically you understand this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, emotionally, maybe that's where it's fallen down. So to hit it logically, you know all the affirmations. You know what should say. You can probably, again, we can all justify. You know what you should be doing. You would be coaching someone else the same thing. Are you kidding me? Look at what you've done. <laughs> but yep. emotionally feeling it now that's a different kettle of fish so true but, so what do you think that you need in order to to work through this completely honestly whether it's right or wrong i think i just have to jump um i think maybe not the advice i would give everybody but I think for me, I just need to take a flying leap off the cliff and trust myself that the wings will show up before I hit the ground. Because every time I've made this kind of decision, it's been a flying leap off a cliff. Mm. And 98% of the time I catch myself. Sometimes I hit a few tree branches, but I catch myself before I splat. Oh. Um, and so I think that's what I need to do. I just need to, you know, like to hell with it and just jump off the cliff. Mm. What I would like to do, um, especially in your situation, is let's let's tie an anchor point. Let's tie something into what you do, how you work so well with your clients. So I think what what you do is very similar to what Unforget Yourself is all about. You deal with the the inner, the in, internal infrastructure of a business. We work on the internal infrastructure of the human being, mental, physical, and then your environmental or the situational stimulus. Now, what can you do? to take into maybe a lesson or something that you coach or that you apply to a business and how can you apply that to yourself because you're the expert in that so i truly believe that we all have everything <laughs> we need that we don't need any more information it's how we apply that information so is there one thing that you might be able to sort of that comes top of your head with oh yeah here's how i help my clients with their business that may be something that can help guide myself in in this iteration yeah, I mean, I think making a plan that I actually follow is that's what I would be telling my clients to do. We're like, okay, we made this great plan. Like, let's start with step one. Like, what is it? What is it saying? Like, a journey of a thousand steps begins with the first one. Like, I think that's what I would like. That's what I would do. I would advise a client to do, and that's what I should be doing for this next like iteration of me professionally. Nice. Sounds exciting, and it sounds scary, but. Oh, it's going to be glorious. Thank you. I received that. 
Awesome. Look, Rachel, thank, thank you so much for sharing not only the wisdom of what you do, but behind the scenes that I'm sure so many people are like, yeah, I've either been through that or I'm going through that right now. So thank you for playing along. Thank you for sharing so openly. It's been beautiful to hear it. And uh, yeah, it's been so much fun. Yeah, no, I've had a great time. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so, so welcome. Look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, um, I'm most active on LinkedIn these days. So that's Rachel, P-E-R-E-Y-R-A on LinkedIn or on all social media as at mastermindbusinessservices.com. Awesome stuff. Well, everyone go check that out if you're curious. And yeah, Rachel, thank you so much again. It's been so fantastic. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.